Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so excited that Sarah Penhalligan is here. She has been nominated for a Game Changer Award by Connie. Thank you, Connie, for nominating Sarah. And Sarah, congratulations on your Game Changer Award. We're so excited to learn more about the amazing work you're doing with rescue. And it looks to me like you rescue anything and everything, which is near and dear to my heart. So congratulations and thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you so much for having me. So will you want to back up and tell our readers and listeners a little bit about how you got involved with rescue and where that passion has taken you? Yeah, I mean, I've been rescuing animals since I was a little kid. So, you know, whether it was something the cat brought home or whatever. Um, and so um, as I um, got older, I started in the veterinary field in 95. And from there, I started um, around 2000 working with some wildlife with a local rehabilitation center. And things grew from there. Uh, in 2002, I was working at a vet hospital that actually did convenience euthanasias. So I ended up bringing animals home that didn't need to be euthanized. And so uh, it turned into the receptionist would stop people at the front door and say, well, instead of euthanizing your animal, how would you like to turn it over to someone? And they would do that. I would sneak out the front, end up with the animal, um, and sneak them around to my suburban in the back where I'd take them home at lunch or after work. And um, pretty soon, all of my friends and family got saturated in animals, and I got fired from that job, And <laughs> so, which was a good thing. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> so, but it ended up starting um, Center Valley Animal Rescue. And so we we started out mostly doing dogs and cats and maybe some rabbits and then it turned into some farm animals. And then again, I said, as I said, I was working with another center with some wildlife and just getting my feet kind of wet in that. And then when our veterinarian that I was working with um, with wildlife passed away, I actually got my own permit and we added wildlife to part of our mission here at Center Valley Animal Rescue. Um, in 2004, we moved to our current site, so we're on 30 acres. Um, we specialize in rehab cases, whether it be domestic animals or um, farm animals or wildlife, they're all rehab cases. And those animals with the domestic side of things are normally cruelty cases. And so the animals that we're taking in, um, a lot of them are from starvation cases. Some of them are physical abuse cases. And we, we never quite know what's going to be coming in yeah. the door. We do also get referrals from other rescues and veterinary hospitals. So say a veterinarian has a um, patient that comes in that has parvo or it's been hit by a car. 
and their client doesn't have any money, they can refer that patient to us and wow. we will take on um, financial responsibility and um, the person can relinquish that animal and we'll take it on. Um, we actually just recently had a um, parvo case that got adopted out had after a couple of plasma transfusions and wow. cases of IVs and things like that. Um, I've got a dog in the room right now um, because I am in one of our dog rooms. <laughs> so we've got a dog in the room right now that um, was hit by a car, had a crushed pelvis. And so she's recovering from that. And it, so we take in a little bit of everything yeah. with the wildlife. I mean, it's like most rehabilitators we're taking in um, wildlife that's, you know, either sick, injured or orphaned. And we have right now, I think we have about 50 animal wild animals in care. Um, and we do, I like to say that I'm an equal opportunist rehabilitator. So I've got a little deer mouse in care um, that I've raised as a little baby. We've got squirrels and rabbits. And then we also have, um, we've got a beaver, we've got a bunch of deer, and we've got coyotes, raccoons, otter, and mm -hmm. so you, you name it, we will take it in. Yeah. Um, there's not, there isn't any animals that we don't take in. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's permitting and things like that, but we are permitted for at least temporary care for everything. Gosh, what a beautiful heart you have and what a beautiful facility that you have founded, started and run in that I've interviewed wildlife rehabilitators and I've interviewed lots of people that, that rehabilitate domestic animals. But I think that you're my first game changer that has literally done both. You literally just say, come one, come all if, if need be, which is really amazing. I can only assume that out of that, you must have some pretty unbelievable volunteers. Oh, we do. So we would not be here without our volunteers. Um, so our volunteers are working with, um, you know, all of our domestic and farm animals. And then we have interns who are also volunteers um, that are working with the wildlife aspect. Yeah. And so they are doing all kinds of things. All of the day-to-day -day, um, operations our volunteers are, are doing. And mm -hmm. so we've got a whole bunch of volunteers here. Um, in the background right now that are in the cat rooms cleaning, they're in with the small animals, um, out with our farm animals and and scooping poop, as well as doing some feeding and giving attention and socialization and all of those really important things. Um, our veterinarians are also volunteers that come here. We've got six of them and so they're, they're doing phenomenal work. Uh, so we have someone that pretty much can specialize in everything. Um, we have a full medical facility here, so we can do x-ray, ultrasound, surgery. We do low-cost spay-neuter clinics, all of wow. those things. Um, and it's with our volunteer veterinarians that are doing that. So beautiful. So, of course, the wildlife, for listeners and readers that don't know, wildlife is not, you know, they're not pets. And so they, you know, you rehabilitate wildlife and then they go back to the wild. But for the farm animals and the dogs and cats or the domesticated animals, then, Sarah, do you have a program for adoption or how does that work for the animals that the domesticated animals that once they've come and they've received the care and the love that they need? Uh, how do you? find a forever home for them. 
Yeah, so our the goal with our domestic and farm animals is adoption. And so obviously we can't just keep taking animals in if some aren't going out the door. Um, and so we screen people really well. We have um, application processes. We actually talk to their veterinarian. We make sure that they have taken proper care of the past animals that they have or the current animals that they're up to date on everything. And then a big part of what we do is education. So if someone's animal isn't up to date or they haven't maybe done the best care for it, then we're letting them know why, we're, why either why we're declining them or why we can't adopt them right now. And maybe they are gonna to need to reapply for adoption. Um, and then we also, with our farm animals and things, we're doing home visits. A lot of people think they're set up to take a horse or they think they're set up for a goat and they're not. And so yeah. we go out and we actually make sure that they're set up. And if they don't, if they have a pretty good setup, but not quite the right setup, then we're educating them on what they need. So great. And so it's so great. It's a big part of what we're doing. That that also is yeah, beautiful. So, Rather I mean, than a no. Is, yeah. So good. I mean, I was gonna say, rather than just being declined, you're actually helping people reach the goal of, you know, I love goats, but I'm not in an environment that can take care of goats. If you have your heart set on getting a goat, then what's awesome about the fact that you are, you're educating them on what's necessary to be able to A, put that goat into a safe environment for the rest of its life, but also you're helping people become more knowledgeable advocates for the animals that they want to care for, but maybe aren't set up to do. So that's a really great piece that is an important aspect of you making sure that those animals aren't coming back to you again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's always our goal. If, if we don't have to take something back and it can stay in a permanent home, then that's wonderful. And also, you know, sometimes we can rescue them in their home. So maybe they already have an animal and they aren't doing what's needed. And mm -hmm. so it, it, with education, they're able to properly care for it. Um, we do pet food banks and we do the low cost bay neuter programs and things so that we don't have to rescue more animals and they can actually stay in their loving homes. It's really, really beautiful. So with all that you're doing, literally, I love that, that you are doing all species rescue. It's, it's amazing. When you get up in the morning, what inspires you the most? What do you love most about your mission and your passion? there's something new every day. And so I never know what's going to come through the doors. I like the, the challenges that come in. And so I, I just, you know, I worked it with just dogs and cats for a long time at vet hospitals. And it was, I mean, yes, you have some different types of medical cases that come in, but it was sort of the same old thing. And this is different. I might be getting a call in the middle of the night from law enforcement um, saying, hey, we've got horses running down the middle of the highway, we need your help. And wow. so I'm taking a truck and trailer out and rounding up horses in the middle of the night. Or, um, or I'm getting called in for a cruelty case. And we've got a, we had a case not long ago, we had to figure out how to get a pig out of a concrete pit. And that is where it was wow. being housed. And it was starving to death. And it was freezing. And it um, was literally shaking. It was so cold and Gosh. figuring out how to get a big pig out of a concrete pit was a challenge. And I like so those I have challenges. To, I have to ask. Come in too. So how, Sarah, how, how did you get a giant pig out of a kind, a starving pig out of a concrete <laughs> pit? How, how I have to ask, because first of all, I'm so thank, thankful that there are people like you 
that will make that you will find a way to get a giant pig out of a concrete pit. How did you end up, just as an example, how did you end up, did you like backhoe? How did you end up doing it? Um, so one of the officers, cause we went there with the sheriff's department and this was a cruelty case. And, um, and so we went there to rescue the pig. So one of the officers brought his tractor. He drove it there. He didn't live too far away. And I had some harnesses that we had done for slings um, for llamas that couldn't walk before. And so we would have them up in slings and rehabilitate them and do all of that. And so I brought llama slings. We also brought um, some um, like saddle pads from like horse tack and things like that. Breast collars, like we, I didn't know what we were gonna get when we got there. And then of course, we also yeah. don't know if a giant farm pig is gonna want to eat us because it hasn't eaten <laughs> or yep. if it's gonna be nice. So I also had a pole syringe. And so I was able to sedate the pig from the top of the pit then take a ladder, climb down into the pit with the wow. pig, um, and which was a disgusting mess. And I so, and then we were able to get the pig once it was, sleepy but not really all the way out into a sling type of a situation and then get chains and straps hooked up onto the tractor which pulled it out and then we actually had to strap it to a pallet and the tractor bucket get it we couldn't get a trailer back in this location it was way back behind in a farm and you couldn't get there so we had to haul it out. I actually was sitting on the tractor scoop. There was pictures of me <laughs> riding the, the pig in the tractor out of this area. Um, yeah. Pig and getting it was 11 degrees below its normal body temperature um, when we got it out of the pit. And so getting some warm IVs running into it and all kinds of emergency care and then warming. And we actually kept it in a little horse trailer for days trying to keep it warm. Wow. So, so and I, it's a massive undertaking. And I guess I asked that because the depth and breadth of care and time and energy you went to save this pig. I, you know, when people say, yeah, you know, we rescue pigs. I, I'm not sure people realize exactly what goes in to rescuing a pig like this. So thank you for the explanation, but it also shows your heart and the level of commitment. And it also shows how, how creatively you have to think in some of these situations to save lives. And, and that's what you're doing. It's amazing. It's really, really good. And I think your role modeling for you, for your community, and in turn, hopefully with interviews like this, the rest of the world, the level of commitment that we have in people around the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to save an animal's life. We love you for that. And I think it's just inspiring, but also worth celebrating the what you're doing in terms of commitment to animal welfare so thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you're doing with all that you've learned with all the species that you've rescued and care that you've cared for if you could tell the world one thing about what you're doing or your mission or what burns in your heart to make a change in the world what would it be think before you get a pet and it really put put thought into it, put some time into it, figure out if you're going to be the right fit for that pet. And if you have what it's going to take to take care of it, because my goal is to not be needed. And I don't know if I'll ever get to my goal, but it would be great to not be needed. And it would be that everyone's taking care of their animals 
Um, in terms of the wildlife, yeah, there's going to be accidents still, and we're going to still yeah. have some. But you know, if if people like if people aren't causing the issue, then we wouldn't have very many wild animals that come in. So really, if people do their part all the way around with being good stewards for our wildlife, taking care of their pets, then I wouldn't be needed very much. <laughs> so yeah. and I think that's a great goal for everyone in the animal welfare world to think yeah. about. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Until that day comes, we are so thankful, Sarah, that you are there and that you are there with open arms with a team of emp empowered, passionate, committed volunteers to receive these animals that so desperately need you without you doing what you're doing, uh, there, there wouldn't be anyone there to receive these animals that, that desperately need you. So we're so thankful that you are committed to helping literally everything in your area. We're also so thankful for Connie that nominated you. So congratulations on your Game Changer Award. If people wanted to learn more about your mission, if people wanted to support you financially, help get the word out, visit you, where would they go to get more information? They can go to our website. So it is centervalleyanimalrescue.org and check us out, um, get on our e-newsletter list. Um, we do send out um, the regular in the mail newsletters a couple times a year as well. And uh, we also, during non-COVID times, we do tours and things like that. So yeah. we would love to have people come by. Well, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And we're so thankful that there are beautiful souls like you around the world doing what you're doing because you're making a massive difference for every animal that you touch. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for having me.